Hello there, and welcome to episode four. The guest that we have for you guys on episode four, I did not know we would have this person so soon. And I was trying to mentally prepare myself for the moment when it were to occur, but it chose to happen today. And I was not ready. I did not know how to talk to this person. Please enjoy. I know I didn't. But Louis, Louis did. He had a very good time. Music, take it away. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are we this evening? Can you hear me? I can. You, you caught me at an interesting time. I swear you were going to be late, because you usually are for things like this when we record, so I thought I would get a tri- quick trip to the bathroom. Um, ah, interesting. I'm on the toilet. Are you really? Yes, but uh, hold on, hold on. How is it going in there? One sec. Finishing up. Jonah. What? Success? Failure? Give me the status of your bathroom visit. Quick trip. We're we're coming back. Hold on, hold on. All right. I wish I could have seen your penis, but I'll. That's that's a lot. Hey, hey, I'm back. Hey, hey I'm back. there you are. Uh, Jonah. You know who yes. we're interviewing today? No, I don't have the paper. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> You don't know? Is Guess we're interviewing. I, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was Steven today. Is it not Steven? Is today the day we dive back to our baby? Is Isaac coming? Nope. <laughs> um, um, so Alex, is he coming? Nope. I'll give you a hint. It's someone pretty high up in that Matilda production power structure. Pretty high up in the fine arts power structure, too, I'd say. It's not a kid? Oh, it's not a kid. Oh my. Is that is is that today? Yep. Oh. oh. <laughs> Are you si- Oh no. No. I really Jonah, how are you oh, feeling? I'm so I, excited. We're gonna. I wasn't ready. I needed time to prepare. Okay, for I all our I to talk to this person. For all our listeners out there, uh, in a few minutes we're going to be hearing from Niles North's Theater's very own Timothy Ortman. Oh, oh my God. I'm He's coming. He's coming. I don't know uh, how to speak to him. Yeah, well, just wing it, you know? Here's the thing. Um, we're going to ask him some really good questions. Maybe hear about his uh, romantic life. Maybe hear about uh, his uh, who's keeping him company during uh, this uh, quarantino. Uh, uh, and then we're going to, you know, go into his acting life. We're going to talk about all of the... All the shindigs and the shindus and the Jonah. So you have the, you have this planned out. Oh yes. Okay, that's good. You need to take the reins. I. I have. I feel like every time I've spoken to him, it's a power balance where I'm on my knees. I am horrified. Jonah, it's gonna be okay. All right. I, all right. Oh it's too, all right. Too bad. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, <gasps> we are coming to you live. From Skokie, Illinois, Mr. Ortman, how you doing? I'm good, Louie. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited for this. So, um, thank you for agreeing to come on our podcast today. Right. What it's about is we daily, Jonah's this kind of like normal character, and I'm just off the walls and making these jokes that sometimes can be over the line. And sometimes there's FBI agents listening, listening to our calls. And so what happens is Jonah says, Dear FBI agent, and then explains my shenanigans to him so as not to offend him, basically, if that makes sense. I, I fear it'll make sense as we go forward. <laughs> Did you think good casting? Yes. Thank, thank you. So our first question for you today is, 
what was your first experience slash impression of each of us and what did you think of us when you when you met us? I think it's more interesting to me the present impression, which is that you actually think I remember when I met you. <laughs> That's... That's what's interesting to me. Louis, when did I meet you? When did I meet you? At an audition? In a class? In the hall? When did I meet you? That's that's fair. Um, I what I remember <laughs> is that you came into like a um, you remember the a flea in her ear show, right? Yes. I remember the first time I like saw your face was when you came into one of our rehearsals, and like you just started laughing, and I heard your laugh, and I was like, "That's such a comforting laugh. Why I want to hear that more often." And um, sure, so I you... must have thought you were funny then. There you go. I thought you were funny, Louis. Was and... he laughing at you, Louis? Um, I don't know. It could have been like laughing at the fact that Miss Allman chose me for that role. It could have been that. I think I was laughing with the play. I mean, it's a farce. It's a funny play. Yeah. And Jonah, that's maybe easier because it's more recent. I mean, I remember really, I mean, Jonah was around and I might know somebody as like a really good band kid or you know, something like that mm-hmm. but then um became more in my like sphere of recognition i think with um oh what was the director circle play three three actors and it was music yeah tick tick boom tick tick yeah. boom so right. you were you were involved in that so i was seeing mm-hmm. you more every day and of course that combo was relatively small and then you were on stage and i think you even had a line or two and right. So, yeah. Um, and that, and then actually, you know, I remember more Jonah than kind of getting some traction in in the theater and being around and being being smart and being just the kind of person who you would want to intervene with the FBI if you needed that. And Louis um, might not, you know. So. <laughs> Thank um, you very much. Yeah. I don't know if you can talk about this, but like what was going through your mind when you were like casting our roles for Matilda, like with Jonah, with Rudolfo and me as Mr. Wormwood? We're, I'm just we were curious about that. Oh, I'm so <clears throat> sorry to inform you how much of that is just like technical and boring. You know, some of it is um, what are the notes of the songs that these people have to sing? Are they in their range? It's a musical. So those are things that can't be painful for the for the audience. That's got to be a good fit. And so you have the people who you think that would be, a, you know, a good fit um, physically or the core of a character. And that's what you do in most plays. But, like, the core of Jonah isn't really Rodolfo. Right. The core right. of Louis <laughs> isn't really Mr. Wormwood. I mean, Mr. Wormwood is a weasel, lying, horrible person. But at your core, Louis, you kind of hate that kind of person and you have a good sense of humor. So I knew you'd be able to have some fun with that. And, oh my God, how could I resist marrying you off to Amy for yet the umpteenth time? <laughs> so, you know, I have to be reminded that I do that. I, mean, I don't even remember that. And, and also, you know, um, with uh, Jonah, again, sort of playing against character, I mean, it's a musical. You got to go really bold, and so I thought that that was that was fun. And I also, it's a school. I thought those were good challenges for you guys. I thought that they took you to a different place. Um, I mean, we hadn't really seen Jonah. You know, okay, Jonah, now you're you're like this great dancer. Um, right. Jonah, Jonah can move and seems athletic, and you know he's coordinated. So all of that, but but this is this is you know a challenge that way. And Louis, we certainly had seen you. Um, take the stage and do well in a musical before. Um, you were really a crowd favorite last year in uh, Chicago. That was last oh, yeah. year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. My little moments here. And um, and so, you know, we knew that you you had that in you, but this character is so different. That guy was so unassuming, and this guy just thinks he's the best of everything. Right. Um, so, you know, you're, you're thinking about a lot of those things and also looking at the big picture. How have we slated these different roles? Who do we have for what? Who's a good fit? 
who really nailed an audition and therefore, you know, there's usually a handful of kids who really come in and just nail it and you want to be sure that that gets rewarded. Um, and then there's usually a bunch of kids who do well. And then there's a few who are like, mm, maybe not, maybe today wasn't their day, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, there was a moment in uh, the uh, Matilda process, it was like more towards the, uh, the more towards tech, uh, when I think Jonah wants to, wants oh, to God. say something. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Um, so we were doing the choreography for the hammer and you had told Isaac to make sure he stays, you know, on a certain line and being in a certain area for when the M1 drops and we're all in front of it. Uh-huh. And I was a thousand percent sure that someone was going to make a joke or comment on Isaac keeping his feet inside the line as a line in the show. So out loud, I was saying, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And I was shaking my head like to myself because I thought someone was going to make this stupid joke. And that is what um, I was like mumbling at the time on that first day of tech, if you remember the moment. I do remember the moment. Yeah. I gave you hell, didn't I? I was, well, at first, because I, I didn't even know that you were talking to me, because I, I was, to, who, who did something wrong? And I was like, oh. And I just felt like we've, in the past, we've had a relatively I mean, neutral connection. Like, I wasn't your student, you weren't my teacher, but like, we still, you know, had relatively good interactions with each other. And that was the first time where that might have soiled it. And I was, a little concerned because of again it was that misunderstanding and I know again I wasn't regardless of what I was saying you know talking was not what I should have been doing but I just wanted to clear that up with you. Yeah, hopefully. I was pretty tense because I was worried people were about to get hit in the head with that drop, as I recall, mm-hmm. and so I I had like zero tolerance for humor at that moment. But I do remember I came, I came on pretty strong, and if if anything I was surprised because I wouldn't have said that we had a neutral relationship. I would have thought it's pretty positive. I certainly was positive towards oh. you, a responsible guy. He gets the job done. And I remember actually immediately turning down to Mr. Mailman after, immediately after that and saying, like, hey, Jonah, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. So, so actually, right. for me, um, right, that, that didn't fit with what I thought, you know, how you were, that you were somebody who was going to be mumbling under your breath about, safety for others and things and things like that. Um, so I guess I, um, I guess I was right. If I may continue this talk of the musical, I know it was, it was my first musical, very special to me. Our, both of our senior year meant a lot to us. Um, so of course, musical tick, tick, boom. Yeah. Uh, uh, first we, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was like an elaboration of the, being in the pit. So you've been in a right. pit a lot. Because okay. I was in the pit for Chicago as well, but this was my first time, you know, being on stage, singing for all these people. Yeah. So, of course, Louie and I had our emotions and feelings when the show was canceled, and we just wanted to know the first couple of thoughts that were going through your head, especially as you told us that the show had to be canceled. Oh, that was my God. not a good moment. It was terrible. Terrible. I knew when Act Two started you guys were so shocked shocked and i thought okay i have been watching international local and national news apparently more than that because that this was a possibility seemed like a possibility to me that this might be coming down the pike that day the next day i was praying for monday right i was yeah. praying that it would that we'd get through the weekend um but i'm excited at this point that we've we're Act two has started. We've gotten one under our belt, you know, so that we will have performed Matilda. And um, so I found out just as act two started. And so I had to sit there. There was only one positive thing. There was a positive thing. I didn't take any notes during act two. I just sat and enjoyed it because why take notes? Um, and then I knew that I wanted to have a moment when everyone was together, um, that we would, 
be a, you know, we're, so it was in the cast and crew and orchestra. I wanted the whole ensemble together. I thought everybody should hear it at the same time. And I had been, <clears throat> and I had um, been told not to say anything. And I was like, you know, we got to say something. Right. right. And, um, and so at that point also, I knew they'll probably send an email to teachers or something. And so they did. And I said, look, so now let me tell these kids. And, um, so yeah, so I only knew like 40 minutes before, um, it was, um, it was kind of overwhelming. Now I'm not always really aware of all my emotions in the moment. Um, I mean, there, and the director's trajectory in a show is really different from the actors because in some ways my job is, is you're like caregiver, care, caretaker, caregiver, and, um, troubleshooter at that point, but every, it's everybody else's show at that point. And um, so it's just very, very weird. I felt horrible to have to be that messenger, which is why I really wanted to be that messenger. I thought I was the appropriate person. I didn't want one of the other teachers to have to do it. I didn't think it, it should come from the principal. I thought it should come from me. You know, I've been with all of you for this show. Um, so I sort of wanted to be there with you for what was so strangely, I feared potentially the end. And I wanted people to like, understand that while we might be back in a week or two, that it might be the last. And as I saw people's reactions in shock, I was actually glad I had said that, which I think was really hard for people. But I thought, oh, no, they need to hear this. This is, it's cause otherwise it's going to hurt twice to, to, to think you're for sure you're going to be able to do it. You know, I, I love doing theater, and I love doing theater with students. So I've spent the greater part of my life doing that and I, I love it so much and I love sharing it and I think it's so fun that the show is just I, I love the show I love the music it's just stupid as hell the show I mean it's just fun and dumb and childlike and yet good for good for adults I, I just think it's great and um, I was probably looking forward to this musical more than any in many years and so oh, wow. bummer yeah. I saw this show by myself. I went by myself in New York and I sat next to this tiny little girl. And I thought, where are your parents, little girl? What is going on? And you keep talking to this man. Don't, don't you know that like in this era, that's like supposed to freak you out. And I finally realized her parents were behind us. So that was, that was good. And then in her mission, she went to, you know, go take a pee or something. And anyway, by the way, this girl is like clutching me and talking to me during the whole show. She's delighted that, uh, that she has an adult there who she can share the show with. She goes to pee and I realize this like seven-year-old girl is four years old. She's like eight inches shorter than I thought. She was sitting on some huge bolster, bolster seat? Is that what they're called? You know, like a big old cushion. What? Booster. Yeah. yeah. Booster, yeah. Like, like eight inches. So she was this like little four-year-old thing. She was so sweet. And that was part of my enjoyment of seeing Matilda is that I saw it through my eyes, but I also saw it through her tiny eyes. And, um, and I love Tim Minchin, who wrote the music and lyrics. And it's, I've seen him perform a few times, and I think he's quirky and funny and great. So I found it depressing Louie and Jonah. It was so freaky too, because it was like, we need to mourn, but we also need to kind of like move on and have this photo shoot because the photo shoot suddenly seemed so much more important. Like it seemed completely unimportant, but like you guys, this may be, this may be the only record we have of this. It's these, these few pictures we've got, which um, I was mindful of as we were choosing what would the pictures be that go in the hallway. So I figured just a big solo shot of Rodolfo. Don't you think that's the best, Louis? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. So we know a lot of about Mr. Ortman at Niles North, but we were curious about 
uh, like we know you were a professional actor beforehand, um, and we were curious about like what was the timeline of your acting career before you got to Niles North. Oh, it was about ten years. Um, it was really mostly in you know in my twenties, and um, so doing some typical things, doing some uh, professional gigs while in college, um, some summer stock, uh, doing things outside of, you know, when, when you graduated, mostly, um, I did a lot of different things. I did some children's theater. I did some weird late night stuff, you know, kind of funny and goofy. Um, I did a lot of musicals, which was so weird to me because I'd always been cast really well in straight plays and you know, shows without without music or without a musical um, format. <clears throat> and but in, in you know, professionally, I was cast probably most frequently and in my best roles in musicals. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. I did a little choreography and assistant choreography, a little directing. Um, you know, uh, most of it in Chicago. Occasionally, something that I'd get hired to direct out of town. Um, but you know everything I you know I've worked everything from musicals to Shakespeare to children's theater to drama. Um, what was your like first role out of college? I was, I think it was, it was summer stock. So there were several roles. There were three shows, and I had um, I was I think a Nazi in uh, The Sound of Music. So oh. you, if you're in summer stock, you've usually got a play that you don't have a big part. So that was my play. I didn't have a big part. And I was Nikki in Bell, Book, and Candle, which is, if you've ever watched reruns of Bewitched, it's kind of what that's based on. Um, and it's it's a it's a romantic comedy and witchcraft. It's, it's fun. And um, But my uh, probably favorite that summer was Billis in South Pacific. So he's the, that's a musical, Rodgers and Hammerstein, and he's like the head of the guys who who are like the sailors, and um, he's a it's a fun, funny role, an audience pleaser, and that was that was fun. So I think I've talked to you about like uh, Dark Age, and a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, I watched some of that like with with you as as the cannibal. And, yeah. And, cannibal Bob. Yeah, Cannibal Bob. <laughs> um, what was it like to play him? Like, what was that whole process like? Um, I like those people. That was new for me to be in any kind of, like, series thing and stuff that's shot out of order, stuff that's shot uh, almost exclusively on location places. So it was a learning experience for me. The acting is the acting. So that's what it is. You know, that is what it is. It's just a couple different skills. Um but to do things in a huge factory, to do things outside on a railroad, to do things on, a, in the, on the road, to do things that it all needed to seem like it was deserted, whether or not it was. And a lot of it, you know, it was like we were being some, what are those called, like survivalist type things, except, yeah. you know, truly at a time that that was needed. And so we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We were in Michigan at a organic farm. And um, yeah, so occasionally we had to like be in the way of the people who were picking things. Um, But that was, it was fun. I mean, it was also interesting to me because it's a weird, quirky show. And, um, and so a, I was, I was so aware of how much Jonah, the soundtrack mattered, how much the music underneath it let you know that it was quirky, that it was silly. I was also aware so much of the editing and how much a split second can be the difference between something being funny and something being just cheesy. And I think that for my money, some of the stuff in that first season it just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm bobbing up and down, which doesn't work very well for an audio podcast, does it? But, but a, a kind of, um, like, like just being an eighth of a second late or something. 
and that that just kind of affecting an intangible um, an intangible comic timing. But I like those folks. I've done another. I've done a short movie with them since then. Um, that was kind of fun. And again, I got to be like, vibe. Remember, I shoot people. Did you see me like shooting yes, people? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like. I see the martinis and shooting people. Like there was that one scene. That's a nice scene. Um, and I'm not really a you know much of a gun person in my life. I've taken some training and have a license and stuff, but that's because we do weaponry at school. So I did that really for that kind of that kind of training. But I I um I had to like beat the crap out of somebody and get the crap kicked out of me in that little movie too. That was fun. There was like the really when you shoot someone and then uh, the the guy behind the wood stack, I think. And then you, uh-huh. and then you turn, and then you like after you shoot, you're like, you scream like, "How rude!" <laughs> that was. <laughs> it's a very. I I know I don't know much about the series, and I know Louis showed me that scene yesterday, and I know that that "how rude" line is very um well known amongst Louis and the peers. Yeah. Is that good or very, bad, Louis? Are you guys making fun of me, or are you enjoying that line? No, we're enjoying that line. I it's promise. Very, it's very funny. Yes. I appreciate it because that was not the intended line reading of the director or playwright or, or screenwriter. Mm-hmm. They they had a meaning that they thought was about what I was talking about rather than about what I was doing. So I sort of shifted that. But they must have liked it because they kept that in. Oh. How rude! <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Oh my goodness. I know we're talking a lot about the past and reminiscing, but something in the now. Um, how are you spending your life in quarantine? What are you doing to keep busy, if you may? Uh, there's way too much work. Work, work, work. Um, and one of the things that's just expanded in my duties as a summer school principal. I share that with another one of the administrators at school. And um, with our um, admin assistant, who's like a summer coordinator, and that's a tight team. I feel really lucky to have those folks. It's Ms. Kakaris and Mr. Bowman. They're great. Um, but we've just been handed lots of surprises. Now, what I find I do is I then need something else to do, right? I need another activity to pull me away. Because if you're working at home, you can't just like, look to the left and suddenly, oh, now I'm not at work, now I'm relaxing. So I tend to have these sort of activities and then I just did too many because I couldn't finish anything because right. you need to go to the hardware store or you needed Amazon to like deliver things. So at one point I had boxes of fruits and vegetables delivered in the kitchen. The pantry shelves had fallen down so there were cans and spices everywhere. I was trying to install a new TV in the kitchen, which necessitated a stud in the walls, which meant I had to take everything out of the closet in the adjacent room and rip the plaster out. So there's plaster dust and all of this. And that's just two rooms. That doesn't even like start with what I did downstairs. So, so I was freaking out because I'd started a bunch of projects I couldn't finish. Oh, I'm so also, Lewis... I'm also busy um, with my high school friends. I have a group of high school friends that have stayed in touch always. And um, we always get together at the winter holidays and typically get together in the summer. I see a lot of these people throughout the year, but the whole group. And so we have been doing Zoom meetings and, um, you know, every week or two. And our last one, I put together a whole Jeopardy game which was basically, it was fun because it was basically trivia of ridiculous, stupid things that people did 40 years ago, Hmm. which I have an excellent memory for. Do you have any, like, funny stories or memories involving us at our time at high school? Funny stories or memories about you, Louie? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Angering would also work. I'm sure people would love to hear that. Yeah, angering would also work. I don't know. I don't know, Louie. You're making me think I need to stop and smell the roses and enjoy you all a little bit more. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jonah? Yeah, I, I remember. I don't remember what show this was for, but I remember that Louie and I were in the dressing room. I was in the dressing room, oh. and Louie comes in with a bloody lip. 
and then you walk in and he's talking about his bloody lip and he's or you came out of the bathroom i don't i that wasn't a good story but that i don't know i was at the one x pretty recent i think wasn't it no that was in i think that was in matilda why did you have a bloody lip i think you punched me jonah was that it? what <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, I remember now. Wait, wait. I, what? I paid Jonah to punch Louie. Right, yeah. Right. Oh, I... Mm. Yeah. I probably blocked that out. No, but I, it was downstairs. You're, you're right, it was downstairs. So I don't know if it was rehearsal or what, but I have no idea why you were bleeding or if it was real or if it was makeup. I don't know. We'll never know. Do you remember... But I guess we do have it on tape that you paid a student to punch another student. Yes. Which is fun. Well, we better call <laughs> the FBI or dear FBI or something. No, that wasn't true. We'll never make it. We're doomed. <laughs> um, do you remember when, like, I got all of the, the green dye all over the bathroom? And, like... Oh, Louie, you really did. Yeah. There was a lot. All over everything and left it. Well, I, I did try to <laughs> clean it up. I tried to clean it up, and I was having, I was having just real moments of love and honor for your mother at this moment. Must <laughs> deal with cleaning up after you. Um, yeah, that boy, it really is dying, isn't it? It's hard to believe that that kind of washes out of your hair when it sure didn't come off that countertop, did it? it no, but now we always we have a mark. On the, the thing. This is <laughs> celebratory you mark. will always remember what was. Yeah, yes. Louie taking a leak to leave his mark. This is my territory. Nicely done, Louie. <laughs> yeah, like a, like, a, like a squirrel, you know. Here you go. Just yeah. like a squirrel. <laughs> Putting his stuff down in the, in, the, in the dirt. This is mine. Yep. I think squirrels put their things in trees. That's true. They take their things out of the dirt. Do you have another but suggestion, a... Jonah, of an animal that might be a better comparison? A wolf. There we a go. A lion. Yeah. Sometimes you Not spray right. the, coyote, the coyote pee on the... You, there's a coyote pee in a can that you spray to drive them away. Yeah. That's not at all related, but I don't know. This is a more, like, personal question, but I, we were wondering, like, um, if there was anyone keeping you company during quarantine. You... You were wondering. Well, I was. <laughs> Jonah turns around. What does it say? But you can't live in. Oh, I don't know what that means. It's the the Clyborne shirt. Oh, there we go. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, can't live with the principal, uh, can you? Gotta live in the house. No, Louis. I am here all by myself, alone with my tears. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. <laughs> it's a good closing remark. Nice and done. No, it's, you know, I think that some people, um, actually, when I hear people who've got a house full, that's usually their first complaint in, in this, is, you know, they're having to deal with everybody. Yeah. But I think it's also really joyful to have people around. I have, I enjoy my own company. It's, it's nice. It's, you know, I don't get to be home very much. I don't get to be in my apartment very much. So it's, that, that doesn't bother me. Um, it's all the things you're not doing. It's all, you know, you don't get to see people, you don't get to do other things, but just being here for, you know, for a while, getting stuff done. I mean, I gain about an hour and a half, two hours a day just by not having to be in the car. Right. Except for today when I drove to school and saw Jonah. Right. Yeah. Yes. That was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, know. we could have a, we could have a sleepover sometime if, when this is all over, we could have a sleepover. What? Where is the sleepover happening in your mind? We could have a sleepover at like at at your at your, at your house. Like all of us That's can come usually over. Usually, how invitations go, Louis. You usually wait to be invited somewhere. You don't usually invite yourself over to yeah. spend the night. That's, That's freaky, Louis. It's, it's it's also been one week, Louis. It's since up. we've been out of school. Oh yes, yeah, easy. Yes, yeah, speaking of that, wait. So now, after because we're we're almost graduated. Do we still call you Mr. Ortman or do we call yes. it? We still, Louis. still Mr. Ortman. <laughs> Louis, you haven't graduated. We still have other events that's good that are going to occur. 
Now Jonah can call me Tim. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> what? Awesome. What? I will use that. Jonah seems to like have a certain sense of appropriate distance. Jonah hasn't invited himself over to spend the night, for example. Well, to name one example. One recent example. Yes. Um. So, like, after this is all over, maybe like, what? <sighs> when is our graduation? Like June fourteenth now. A- after June fourteenth, then what happens? What's the end game here? What are you looking for? Well, like after June fourteenth, do I still call you Mr. Ortman? I'll I'll give you written permission, perhaps. Oh, written permission. You got you got three passes per month. Okay. You got uh, you got to use them very carefully. Important to you, Louis? Uh, no, no, it's fine. I'm just asking. Louis, we'll be friends, and once you graduate, yeah, you know, once once you're you're out of high school. It's appropriate to to not be on the the teacher student relationship anymore. If you're going to have a relationship, it's going to grow over time and become something different, something else. Um, you know, it. I've got students who, like, I'm in my fifties, and they're some of my first students are like, what, like pushing forty. That would be weird. They're still calling me Mr. Ortman. Right. So. You know, time passes, and, and uh, it won't seem so weird. Yeah. But you may still have to call me Mr. Ortman. The longer this podcast goes on, that's becoming clear. <laughs> yeah, that's just very safe. Yeah. Okay, Jonah. Okay. Okay, Louie. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we both have our fair share of um, difficulties with uh, our ro- like romantic life. We don't seem to um, be able to be successful on that front yet. Um, so we were. I wondering... you were joking about asking this question. No, I, I don't. Are you looking for advice, Louis? Yes, we, we we were we are looking for advice. Well, what are you doing now? Well, how we... are you putting yourself out there? Well, we can't. Well, we can't really like do a lot now per se. You know what I mean. But like, I know, but that's just the last few weeks. You should stop saying we, Louie, and just say you at this point. Well, I... Yeah, I'm not, is Jonah having the same kind of rough time that you're having? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> but I feel like I'm not saying that advice from you is not you know wanted. I'm just saying I think it's a little... It, I wouldn't think first to ask... You, I, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. I don't know. It's right. Our, our relationship hasn't really been all about our romantic lives and, and trying to share those with each other. What I would I say to you both in high school, you're both part, a big part of your lives in high school are being involved in these big ensembles of music and drama. And a lot of times that's what's focused on. It's focused on the group. And, and it can almost be weird to have a kind of relationship within that group, because those are the people you meet. So you have some relationship, some you know, romance with somebody in that group. Okay, that's fine, but a lot of times other people don't like that. It seems like, what do you mean the group isn't the most important? Now, this other person's the most important. I've seen people navigate it and navigate it well, but I've also seen people not. And so as you leave high school and you probably stay involved in those kinds of groups, but also things expand a little bit, bit more and beyond that, You'll, you'll meet some other people. There'll be some other natural ways to do that. And life will hand you romance. And you will dance with it. Will hand us romance? Well, you might have to do something to respond <laughs> to it, Louis. Yes. Not together. Not like you know, each of you. What are you parsing my sentences for, Louis? <laughs> well, we did make a pact, me and Jonah... That, like, we made a pact the other day yes. that if we were both single by the time we were 96, that we would get married. That seems safe on so many levels. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> we're very inept. We could, we, could be, we could be going for a long time. Uh, no, this is probably not the way to publicly present yourself if... 
a date is what you're after. Just do the truth and nothing but the truth and forget the whole truth part in this one instance, Louis. Okay. I believe myself to be completely inept. Yeah. Well, like not completely. Let your future partner discover that about you. Right, right, right. Um, I want to meet your future partner, Louis. I just want to know what's up with him. It might be you. We'll see. Right. 70 years to go. 70 years. Well, I just want to preface again. Thank you very much for agreeing to do this. It's been yes. very fun talking to you um, in this way, a way that we're not usually used to. And the people who will listen to this also probably not very used to. Um, I think we can end on this one question because it's good at the end. Um, do you think you could tell us what you look for in kids who are aspiring to be in the theater program or like up and comings, what you look for, see who has potential? It's largely about willingness, willingness and desire and heart um, and talent, but talent isn't actually the biggest thing. Um, I've seen kids over the years who come in with the biggest amount of talent who get passed by, by other kids who were willing, who had heart, you know, were willing to really like put their heart into it, their vulnerability, their time, their energy. Um, a lot of those things take a, take a lot of maturity to leave yourself vulnerable enough. Um, a lot of us learn if it's something we want, don't try because then you'll be disappointed, which is kind of crazy because if it's something you really want, you ought to try really hard. And then the worst that will happen is you didn't get it, but you, you have the satisfaction of knowing I did my best to, to go for that. To have really wanted something and to not have tried at all, that's not so smart. Um, this sounds probably really obvious as I say it, but it doesn't always play out so obviously in, in life. So I think, it's, I think it's that willingness. I remember having a guest director in who was one of my teachers. He was my Kabuki teacher. And he had come in and he was helping us with Kabuki Medea, which was a huge, huge um, you know, success nationally and in the Chicago area. And it was great that it was happening in our school. And that was the thing that, that got him. He said, the kids are so willing. They're so willing. How much time is wasted by people telling you, I can't, I can't, but I can't, I can't, I can't. And um, that most, most of our kids just don't, don't waste time with that. And then you get a, get a lot done. In high school, it's hard to know like if somebody's got it or because where people are in their development is so early. So there are kids who, what we see of them in high school, that may be the height. That may be the climax of their life, what happened in high school. I find that a little sad because it's kind of early, you know? <laughs> and there are other kids who, like, you know, that little flower hasn't even started to come out of the dirt yet. And so they're just going to, you know, find themselves. And it's not, you know, got a whole life ahead of you. So artists are a wonderful combination of smarts, vulnerability, heart, and observation, seeing what's going on with other people in the world and responding to that and resonating with that so that people feel like your story affects them, your music affects them. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Louis, he said that was the last question, but you look like... I do have one more. I do have one more. Um, oh, Joe. Okay. That's oh, bad. Okay. Um, yes, Louis. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I had a, qu a question about that. Like, do you, do you call me Louis like, as like a... Well, what's the reason for that? I just tease you a little bit with okay. it. Yeah. I mean, I think one day I said, it's Lewis. He wants you to call him Lewis, even though I knew it wasn't true. And I said, no, that isn't true. And so <laughs> I call you that, and you usually sort of get a little funny smile on your face. Like, yeah. like, like you sort of like that. If you, if, you looked, if you rolled your eyes and were like, please don't, I don't think I would keep calling you Lewis. Right. No, I think, I think you – I think – I think you pull it off well. Like not every, 
I, I don't think a lot of people pull off the Lewis swell, but good, good work. Hurts me every time I have to write your name and end it with an E, but I do it. Well, that's that you're a trooper. Thank you. <laughs> I think I should try calling you Lewis sometime. No, you, you, I don't you, know. No, no, I won't. Mm. no, yeah. no. You're, Live in you're... with Lewis. Jonah, how, who cut your hair? How'd you get your oh, hair? Thank you for noticing. Um, we, I have a friend. I went to a private school for kindergarten and kindergarten only. And then when, even though we moved, um, the moms of our friend group still communicate and have Zooms even now in this time. It's usually hanging out. My point being, one of them is a barber. So they came to our house. My mask was on, her mask was on. And we did some some snips. Because yeah. I think I must have seen something for class or something. What, yes, what, the... Um, there was something funny. My Rudolfo quarantine video. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My hair was quite long. So this this looks very nice. Very nice. And Louie, you your hair looks perfectly normal. Actually a little like Superman. Oh, that's what <gasps> that's yeah. that's what I said. He's, that's what I said. That's crazy. Jonah said Clark Kent. Well Yeah. Now Louie, you may not realize that that is Superman's alter ego. Yeah, I I, I know. The only difference is the paint, <laughs> the tights, and the glasses, but not the hair. Clark Kent wears his underwear on the inside. Superman, you know, was got some got some romances going, so you never know, uh, right? So that's why he called you Clark Kent. I hear now. Well, I no, I'm I'm saying, you know, if I look like Clark Kent, maybe that. That's quote, not why I called you Clark Kent, but you just look. The hair was the, like it. Yeah, no implications with the romances. Well, but if you'd like to make some of your own, right. I wish I had hair. Oh, I had one, I had another question. Are you going to listen to our podcast, like the other episodes? Because this is episode four. What I tried. You? How the hell do you find it, Louie? Um, okay, so... Well, now that I know it's called Dear FBI Agent, yes? Yes, it is. So that might give me... Yeah. Jonah? Yes. Should I listen to these, or would it be best for our future relationship and Louie's opportunity to call me by my first name if I simply didn't listen to them? Well, um... So, you know, Hitler, when he went to Poland and shivved them, Poland was like, ha ha, good one, Adolf. The shiv in, you know, as Jonas said, fucking stabbed everyone. I've been ganged up upon by my penis and Jim that decided to get erect. When Hitler went to England, and he was like, shiv. Churchill was like, well, hello, Adolf. Louis, well, want to fuck sometime? Now, okay. if you're gay and you're listening to this channel, I want you to know that I personally appreciate you. I am tremendously horny. I'm, speaking of jail, I have more allegations the sexual assault allegations than any other president. 20, what is it, 20 now? It's a if you have corona, drink some bleach. Put it down, glug, glug, glug. You know, put some... So where did your dicks get you? Fucking nowhere. I didn't know what the word aroused means, so I asked my math teacher. <laughs> That's the first thing that came up to... <laughs> Shit, I fucking... I choked on an ice cube. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Good one, Hitler. I would think it would be in your best interest, as of now at least, to hold off. If we want you to hear something from the podcast, we will say, listen from this time to this time and no more. I, I think I think give it a little bit because Yeah. I would this, agree with this that. would change some some thoughts that you have of us, uh, I think, mostly of him, but I think I'm I'm relatively calm on these things. Well, but, um, I would I would I would agree with that. I think there's I think maybe like in a couple couple weeks. Are you worried I'll have to fail you, Louis? No, like uh, the no, nothing's like terribly offensive. Not like, there's a lot of but there's a lot of borderline offense. <laughs> Well, All right. 
All right. I think I understand. How does this podcast end, Louie? Because Jonah ended it, but you keep restarting it. <laughs> um, uh, Jonah and I do this on our end of our episodes, and we try to like say together, dear FBI agent, and then we add a saying like, Lord, help us, or we're sorry, because he's listening. Um, so, Jonah, what's a, like a clever saying we could all say together? Let's see. Today we could have, dear FBI agents, theater lives on. Yes, that's great. I think that's thematic. Okay. Should right, we... on the count of three. Yeah. One, two, three. Dear, Dear FBI, FBI agent. Whoa. Okay. Okay, everybody, let's pull it back. Um, should we set the speed? Like, maybe, Dear FBI agent, you know, Jonah struggles with this. Like, he doesn't... He does... I struggle with this. Well... I'm a percussionist. Right. Let's, let's, let's it, it, just Maybe about a little lag in Zoom, maybe what you're responding to, Louie. Right. Okay. It should be okay, Louie. Let's, let's just do it. All right. One, two... Three. Dear, dear FBI. F- oh <laughs> <laughs> talk like people, like dear FBI agent. No. Well, like we Wait, if. Yes, Jonah. Let let Mr. Let Mr. Ortman just count us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's One, Mr. Ortman. Two, ready, go. Dear, dear FBI, FBI agent. Theater, theater lives, lives on. on. Okay, that's the best we're gonna do. Okay. I, I don't see us getting any better. Jonah, is he always this bad at signing off? Unfortunately, yes. I don't understand it. I don't... Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This was a blast. Um, yeah, and, you know, maybe in a couple weeks after graduation, I'll, I'll send you the links to the podcast. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. All right. Take care. You too. And thus concludes yet another incredible podcast. Yeah, we had frickin' Mr. Ortman on. I was not involved in this doing, and Louis took the reins with that one. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. It was very interesting to make. Like and subscribe as usual. Your support keeps us going. Music take us home. (laughs) 